It's TechBiter Worldwide for the week of August 24th, 2008. I'm Bill Blinn with an hour's worth of technology news in far less than an hour. That's because we leave out the sports, the jingles, the weather, and the commercials. And this week, the question is, do you need to pay $400 for an audio editor? Well, obviously, the answer to that is no. But the right answer isn't always the obvious answer. So I offer you Sony SoundForge 9, about a $400 application. And maybe if you do any kind of audio recording at all, you could get by with the less expensive SoundForge Audio Studio. It's just $70. For audio professionals, there is no choice. The full version is all there is. But if you're on a budget and you need to do just some basic audio editing... The basic version might be enough. If you want to get fancy, it's not. To understand the differences between the full application of SoundForge and the Audio Studio version, you'll want to take a look at the Sony website. There's a chart that will help you decide which version is going to be the right one for you. And there's a link to the Sony website from the TechBiter Worldwide website, www.techbiter.com. SoundForge 9 offers multi-channel editing and recording. It's a new feature that allows the addition of tracks for accents and extended processing. It's a version that also includes Noise Reduction 2.0 plug-in. That's real useful if you're trying to create archive copies of old records, for example, where there are clicks and pops and skips. And in previous versions, that was an extra cost add-on, a $300 extra cost add-on. There's also support in this version for 5.1 AC3 Dolby Digital Export. In earlier versions, that was also an extra cost add-on. I've been using SoundForge for a long time. In fact, I have been using it since well before Sony acquired the company. SoundForge dates back to 1991. In those days, it was Sonic Foundry that owned it, a company that Sony acquired. From then until now, audio professionals have occasionally griped about SoundForge's inability to handle more than two tracks. Multi-channel, therefore, is a welcome addition to version 9, and the program supports a variety of multi-channel formats. If you take a look at the TechBiter Worldwide website, you will see a composite image of all the menus available in SoundForge, and there are a lot of menus. There are 11 And each of those menus has a lot of items on the menu. And a lot of those items on the menu have sub-items. So it's a pretty complex program. SoundForge also supports video, although video support is somewhat limited. In fact, it's very limited. Video professionals will find the application lacking. But if you need to edit multi-channel audio for a video track that's already been edited, SoundForge might be just what you're looking for. A SoundForge includes more than 40 real-time effects. Amplitude modulation, for example, chorus, chorus delay, delay echo, echo, distortion, dynamic envelope, flange, which is that wah-wah sound, noise gate, pitch, and reverb. Those are just a few of the 40. You can add your own. If 40 isn't enough, you want a special audio processor, you can add that through the plug-in manager. When you select audio and choose an effect, SoundForge previews the sound for you. This allows you to tweak settings before you apply the effect for real. And here's something nice. SoundForge can be installed legally 
on three machines, as long as it's active on only one machine at a time. If one of your three computers suffers a sudden death, though, you'll have to call Sony for help in reinstalling. No big deal, and I have heard that is not a major issue. It's basically a phone call. They help you get it reinstalled. Remix Magazine puts it in terms of good and bad. They list the pros as simple, easy-to-use interface, workflow enhancements, the bundled mastering suite from Isotope, multi-channel audio editing, and a big plus for them, the noise reduction software is included, along with extended metering and spectrum analysis. If you're an audio professional, you'll really like those. Remix Magazine lists the cons as no multi-track capabilities and the fact that comprehensive CD burning is not integrated into the program. So the bottom line on this 4CAT program is that SoundForge 9 is exactly what you need if you are serious about audio and you use a Windows computer. And by the way, don't worry, you won't have to pay $400 for the full package. You can find SoundForge 9 for $250 to $275 without looking too hard. It's a solid system. It performs well. But with all the features comes a lot of complexity. So plan on spending some time with the documentation and plan on spending some more time practicing. Have you received any news alerts from CNN or MSNBC? You get it and you think, I don't remember subscribing to that. Well, you probably didn't. One of the more recent spammer-scammer tricks involves sending out what looks like a real news alert. These have been around since sometime in July, and at that time a reader wrote to me with this question. In the last week, I've seen a generous number of one spam type that puzzles me. It purports to be a CNN alert. The content looks entirely legitimate and includes the full complement of wording, copyright, privacy, policy, and terms, all of which have links. The links, none of which I have followed, are all genuine CNN site pages. It comes, however, from a scurrilous NL address. I'm puzzled. Presumably, the links are somehow aliased. What's your take? Well, my take is easy. It begins with F and ends with R-A-U-D. I had already looked at these spams in the sandbox when they arrived, and I knew that the one key link would go to a website that would try to serve an executable designed to convert the receiving machine into a zombie. Hovering the mouse over the link without clicking revealed that that particular game was afoot. In my case, as expected, all of the links on the page went to CNN, except for the one that said full story. And that one went to scsroofing.com. So some roofing company has had its computer taken over. And what was there? Yeah, an executable file, something that would want to do something to my computer that I wouldn't want done. And as I've mentioned previously, I use my favorite tool here, Sam Spade, to examine the site. Because Sam Spade isn't a browser, it can show me a website's source code without any risk of actually running any of the malware that may be attached. However, AVG Antivirus monitors all of the inbound traffic, and it immediately warned me there was a problem. It also stopped the data transfer, even though Sam Spade could have accepted it without any risk. So what can I tell from the pieces that I did receive? Let's take a look. Instead of what I might expect, and what I might expect would be a standard HTML page, this page tells me that it's text HTML, and it begins with a script. 
and then a bunch of obfuscated text. And by obfuscated text, what I mean is all of the code is shown as hex characters, pretty much unreadable to a human. But it's something that can pretty easily be translated. So I translated it. And basically, the page started with a standard HTML page, displayed breaking video news information, and then began to give me the link. And that's exactly where AVG Antivirus stepped in and stopped the transfer. No big news here. You simply need to treat anything you encounter on the Internet with suspicion, even if it appears to come from Microsoft. Here's a message I received from Microsoft. It starts with download the latest version. It wants me to download the latest Internet Explorer 7. That's the one that's still in beta. It says you're receiving this email because you are subscribed to MSN Features offer. Microsoft respects your privacy and so on and so forth. All the standard stuff, and it claims to come from Microsoft Corporation, One Microsoft Way, Redmond, Washington. Well, if you click the latest version, what you get is an executable file. It's going to try to run update.exe on my computer. Internet Explorer 7 is in beta. When something is in beta, Microsoft does not offer it to the entire world. And in fact, Microsoft doesn't do business that way at all. It doesn't send you a link to a file. So, the purported link to an executable file, something that Microsoft would never do, is something you don't want on your computer. If Microsoft wants you to download something, the company will provide a Microsoft.com web URL, not a link to an executable. So, anybody who fell for that one is going to have an infected machine. We have had slam spam, you know, the ones that say, you're an idiot, and scam spam, the you've won a million dollars. So now we have what appears to be spam written by a couple of fired news writers, probably one from Fox News, the other from the National Enquirer, a couple of organizations that like to just make things up. These go out with names of legitimate news services, such as the CNN bit, but the headlines are utterly unbelievable. Some people will probably believe them. I think that's another indication of the trouble we face as a nation. Critical thinking has gone the way of the dinosaur for some. So what happens if you open one of these messages? Your computer is going to be attacked, subdued, and turned into a bot. It will be subservient to a gang of criminals, probably criminals from Central or Eastern Europe. So here are some of the supposed MSNBC breaking news stories that I received in the space of just a few hours. Illegal immigrants seize control of the U.S. Prominent male hooker forced to step down after sex with sleazy evangelist. One has to wonder where a prominent male hooker would be forced to step down from. The Antichrist Revealed video. Brainstorming to be banned under equality and diversity rules. One hot white chick injured in tsunami disaster. Gays banned from owning pets in New York. New evidence suggests that the president may be drinking again. Army relent on shooting live pigs in training exercise. will shoot illegal immigrants instead. <sighs> and on and on. And then there are the imitators of those. Ones that don't claim to come from MSNBC or CNN. We have Pamela Anderson cheating on Tommy Lee and seeing Barack Obama. We have fun banned at local beach. We have rich guy union to country club. Improve conditions or we'll start working. And finally, Chinese Olympic officials finally figure out how to stop Michael Phelps. 
before you click on one of these, think. And if you're still thinking about clicking, think again. Toward the end of the week, I received four copies of the same fish. Each one told me, your email has been selected as one of the winning emails for the 2008 Second Quarter Microsoft Online Awards. You, as the email user, have therefore been approved to claim the lump sum of 750,000 Great British Pounds, assigned each to all the ten winners, space, space, whose emails were selected in category C prime. Okay. Four copies of the same message, which came supposedly from Microsoft and MSN Live, but the two part of the message was blank. The message claimed to have been registered under the Data Protection Act of 2006, which would be nonsense. It began with Dear Email User, not my name. There was, of course, the bad formatting. But then there was the kicker. Where should I write if I want to respond to this? Now, you'd think that if someone is trying to pretend they're from Microsoft, they would use an MSN account. Yes? Well, I was supposed to write to Mr. Alvin White, Windows Live Team, at gmail.com. You know, these guys aren't the sharpest knives in the six-pack, and that causes me to wonder why we might want a knife in a six-pack anyway. But you have to think that they might at least use some sort of Microsoft email product if they're claiming to be representing Microsoft. So for this one, I just couldn't resist. I created a message to Mr. Alvin White. My message claimed to come from Bill Gates at FUBAR.com. And I told Mr. Alvin White, moron, could you be any less convincing? If you're going to fish, at least use good bait. Only an idiot would fall for a Microsoft promotion from a Gmail account. Get a life. Get a job. Thank you for your kind attention. And in nerdly news, we have the beginning of the end for digital rights management. A year ago, Sony Ericsson started talking about a download music store that would offer music tracks not encumbered by digital rights management. On Monday, the store goes live with one million DRM-free tracks. It'll be called the PlayNow Arena. You could probably find that on your own, but I'll tell you the URL. It's playnow-arena.com. They expect to have 5 million tracks available by 2009 when the store finally goes global. For now, the first million tracks come from catalogs by Sony BMG, Warner Music, and EMI. The expanded catalog will add The Orchard, IODA, The Pocket Group, Hungama, X5 Music, Bonnie Armigo, and VidZone. Okay, so maybe you haven't heard of a lot of those, but that's probably okay. They're non-U.S. companies. And don't get too excited about being able to use the service come Monday because it's going to be open only to residents of Nordic countries. The additional 4 million tracks should be available within a year as PlayNow Arena rolls out through Europe. High-speed Internet penetration is more widespread there, so that might have something to do with the decision. Here in the backwater United States, only about half of us have high-speed access. But more important is the availability of faster over-the-air Wi-Fi service in Europe, because a lot of the music is going to be delivered by phone. Prices are expected to be about the same as those charged by iTunes, around 99 cents a track. And continuing with nerdly news in Europe, in the bad old days in the Soviet bloc countries, people carried cloth bags with them wherever they went. They kept their eyes peeled for lines, and if they spotted a line, they would stand in line, hoping to get whatever it was up at the front. It might be shoes, might have been toilet paper, 
today, it might be an iPhone. Apparently, marketers in Poland are hoping that old memories and old habits die hard. Trying to increase awareness and interest in the iPhones, Poland's largest mobile phone company paid actors to stand in line at iPhone stores on Friday. A spokesman has been quoted as saying the company had fake lines in front of 20 stores around Poland prior to the iPhone's debut on the 22nd. In the United States, people lined up for free. But in Poland, you get paid for standing in line, or for those from the Northeast, online. Poles may be smarter than Americans, too. Having done the math, a lot of them have said that they're a bit reluctant to pay those high usage fees associated with the Apple iPhones. Orange is the largest mobile phone operator in Poland, the one paying the actors to stand out front of their stores. T-Mobile, which, by the way, doesn't rhyme with orange, also started selling iPhones on Friday, but apparently T-Mobile wasn't willing to pay for lines, so they didn't have any. <laughs> Thanks for listening. This has been TechBiter Worldwide for the week of August 24th, 2008. I'm Bill Blinn. Check out the website, www.techbiter.com. And if you like, send me an email from there. Thanks. Bye-bye.